Well, swords are gay, swords are gay, swords are gay, swords are gay, swords are gay. It's Homo Sword Period Crossing Swords. Uh, I just want to say Brent's Brent's sound effects are getting better and better. So by the time we do like chapter 22, it's going to be like a real sword coming out. I'll be doing full impressions of of Swordy, the talking sword. It's going to be full of sword noises. I want it to be and, exactly uh, like, is it Michael Winslow who was in Police Academy? Yeah. I want, yeah. To, sound, I want you to do exactly that. Uh, Brent's uh, like comedic uh, North Star right there, Michael Winslow. So uh, this is issue 162 or chapter 11 of Crossing Swords. It is not going bankrupt, I promise. Uh, but I'm Kalen. Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And we are so, so excited to have a very special guest with us today, Regina Givens from the House of X podcast and the House of X Facebook group. Guys, let's give a nice round of applause for Regina. Yeah. We've never Regina, done that before. Have, have any I'm, of us clap for anyone else? No, but Regina, we're really happy to have her. Hey, well, Clark, Regina, I'm saying Clark, you're special. Clark, that's a Givens. All right. Go. Oh, gross. Okay. Boo. Regina, the floor is yours. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us about your Facebook group. Um, well, there's, I feel like there's not that much to say, but I'm a huge X-Men nerd. I've been a nerd about it since I was probably seven or eight years old. Um, my first X-Men love was Madeline Pryor, and I still love her. I stand her to this day. <laughs> she was the first woman that ever gave me funny feelings. So now everybody <laughs> says I'm bi. Um, we'll see. <laughs> um i've been doing the house of x podcast with dylan for less than half a year now but uh we are about 16 episodes in 17 episodes it's been a blast so far um i joined his facebook group uh house of x probably three or four years ago and then over the last two years we just were chatting and got closer and closer and i ended up becoming an admin for the group um, and now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, Regina, I also uh, can say that Madeline Pryor gave me some funny feelings. So am I bisexual too? No, 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 no absolutely not. I just want to be her. That's what it is. But uh, I'm going to do just a quick recap of where we've been and what uh, and the stasis issue that well, came me, out this week. Let me and then we will. Do... Oh, yeah, please continue speaking and then I'll say something. Uh, anyway, okay, no, great. I have to ask a question. Regina, what did you think of uh, the Quiet Council's choice about Madeline Pryor not being resurrected? I want to know who voted, how they voted, and then yeah. I want to send someone to assassinate the people that said no. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> yeah. I was bummed out because I don't really care about Jean Grey, but obviously Madeline Pryor is awesome. You know, a real a real X fan is always Team Madeline and never Team Jean. If you're Team Jean, then you just watch the animated series and that's it. And two thirds of the people listening just to shut us off. <laughs> Basically. So why don't I do a quick little recap and then we'll do a little more discussion. So uh, we're halfway through Ten of Swords right now. The first half, we really did see kind of the gathering of the swords of uh, the champions for Krakoa. We're at the halfway point with stasis now. And so uh, after weeks of info dumps, uh, the preceding chapters of, uh, of uh, in the preceding chapters of Ten of Swords, we finally get a tour of the fair and foul provinces of Otherworld, which is really cool. Saturn, Saturnine, excuse me, literally holds court with the leaders of these provinces. And we discover that the four horsemen haven't just taken over Dryador, they've killed it and replaced it with Araco, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Amanth Incorporated. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, the sword bearers of Araco gather and the champions of Krakoa show up at Avalon and each of them gets a new tarot card, courtesy of Saturnine. Seething at his card, Apocalypse wants to take all of his swords and go home. Saturnine says to him, hey, why you gotta be like that? At the end of the issue, Apocalypse learns what the readers have suspected since the crossover began. Annihilation is in fact Apocalypse's estranged wife, Genesis. Yes. So Adam, take us in there. You're sure. Actually, uh, yeah. Opening uh, salvo question, just to Regina. How have you been enjoying X of Swords so far? Ten of Swords, excuse me. I hate, I hate <laughs> the title. For the most part, I really enjoy it. Um, there have been a few times, obviously, they could have condensed some of the story. But 
overall, I think once I see the whole story laid out in a trade, I think it's going to be a really good read. It's just difficult when you're piecemealing something. It's kind of like when you watch, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer back in 1997, you had to wait week to week and it's just like, oh my God. And now you can binge it and the experience is much different. <laughs> but I do, I, I've never liked Apocalypse. So now to see him as a more sympathetic character, that's been quite a, a challenge for me, but they, the writers have done it and they've brought, all these new characters and I love Iska <laughs> and I love like half of the opposing team and I'm like now I don't know who to root for <laughs> yeah no I hear you and um I think I'm, I'm actually a little bit concerned with the so it's it's been so expanded on the front end I worry that the either every single issue from now on is just going to be battle which could be great um, but it could also feel like it could be rushing towards a conclusion, which I'm also kind of uh, concerned about. Um, Ryan. So this is the halfway point. And so the entire first part was just basically them getting their swords, which I think could have been really boring to watch, but it has been very entertaining. But with this issue, it really has me hyped up again. I thought they would be fighting a little bit this issue, but it really has me excited because all these one-off characters, because Marvel, DC, most comics tend to do the thing of like, the villains just tend to be these evil characters. It feels like this run is really gonna flesh them out. Um, so I'm excited for that. And with that said, I have so many more favorites that I like way more than Gorgon. May he die, may he die, yes. I'm excited. I do find it interesting that he is two people not two people at once but the two ten swords. sword swordsmen there are only nine on our side because he's got two no warlock warlock is a person well there's yeah no we'll not i don't <laughs> no, know about not that really. he's a sword in this in this situation he's a self person sword person Caleb, what were you say? Yeah, I was going to say, Virginia, you are now my favorite guest ever because you and I are in sync on Apocalypse because I was never a fan of him either, which just seems like heresy for uh, to be an ex-fan and not really liking Apocalypse because he's so he's been so one-dimensional till now. And then uh, Jonathan Hickman is the king of the good retcon with Moira, with Apocalypse now, like him having a rationale and a reason to like do the whole survival of the fittest thing. Like he is more uh, of like uh, of a, a anti-hero in the Magneto mold to me, which is what like the best antagonists for the X-Men always are. Like they're folks that you can see their rationale, you can see their reasoning and you can see them flip sometimes. And so, uh, you know, God bless both Jonathan Hickman and Teeny Howard, who is not my favorite writer, but they've done the impossible. Make me like Apocalypse. Brent? Yeah, Regina, you're also Kaylin's favorite guest because he hates everyone else <laughs> but he says it to us on our slack channel he really liked everyone no, else. no 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 i hate all of you i like all our guests and i love oh, regina oh i misread okay. that sure <laughs> well my name's not spelled dylan so <laughs> um i do have opening question to the entire group we'd love to hear regina first are you a pog or an erpog um Oh, <laughs> sorry. Hi, Regina. I think I was clear that I wanted to hear Regina's response first. Well, you don't know my drag personalities, all of them. Anyway, Regina, take it away. I like both of them. I'm a weird person when it comes to like animal beast creatures and he's a beast and a sexy beast and let's do this. <laughs> Love it. Brent. I think it was a very smart, I, I, we're not going to all go through who's <laughs> I think for that character, it was a very smart choice for them to look at this kind of extraordinarily strong looking monstrous creature and to use that as a vehicle for humor and have this character kind of go full smurf so that every other fucking word is pog <laughs> or er pog. Kaylin? Uh, he's very much like uh, DC's The Demon that was created by Jack Kirby where you've got, cause he does all the stuff in rhymes. And like, I was so happy when I saw the rhymes and I can't quite tell you, but it might be an iambic pentameter 
Uh, it's been a while since I've actually studied that, but I loved his, uh, like his dialogue and the way that he like approached uh, like everything that he said, it was really cool. Yeah, he's gonna go down as a, like a Fing Fing Foom, Lockheed. He's gonna be around for a while, I feel like. If he makes Lockjaw. it out of this, yeah, absolutely. Like if he if he makes it out of this, uh, and even even if he doesn't, he's gonna have appearances all the time. Um, he's to, gonna be really busy, is what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm trying to see who's not gonna make it through. Like these characters all seem like they're gonna be too good to just throw away. So true. Let's uh, work our way up. So Red Root, the forest. You really think Red Root's gonna be sticking around? Yeah, I based, love her. Based on the not the lovers, but what what was the card that um. Warlock, not Warlock, goodness. Um, Cypher Doug. got. Doug. Yeah, what, D Doug, what's, what card did he get? It was this, it basically was like the good version of Lovers. And we had like the, the dark out version of him. I think he's basically, she, um, Red Root is basically Cypher's version. Mm, in wow. Oh, for sure. Like 100%. I definitely, I think they're going to, there's something that's going to happen between the two of them. I think she's going to stick around at least for that interaction to exist. Like it. Ryan. She, um, I really enjoy Red Root a lot. I, I, I think there's a lot of potential there. We're just uh, scratching the surface with that one. And I really like the Araco single tier scene, which is just like so popular <laughs> nonsense. And they're like, I, I guess we'll just never be reconnected. And then Araco, just a single Housewives <laughs> reunion tier just comes out. It's perfection. It I love it. It does seem so like much. right when the end of a soap opera episode happens and you just end up on one face having a tear. And then it's like, next episode on. <laughs> If I could say one, like kind of, I know we were talking about who who might go, but my probably my biggest issue with all of the way that the characters are portrayed in it is that for a lot of them, they have the exact same mythical Arthurian kind of voice. And I think that the characters that were the most interesting coming out of just this issue were the ones who had either a really strong contrast or some storytelling perspective that was different. So like Red Root, I loved because she had a real moral contrast. You guys are bargaining with things that they weren't part of like our initial kind of deal. As opposed to like Pog or Pog or the the guy at the White Tower or whatever, that they just seem like we're 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 mercenaries, we could be bought. And then the second one would be Iska, the fact that they, you know, did the, the kind of like 80s style, like you come into a saloon. Yes. Kind of hired mercenary. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. That, and I think that because they only used one panel for it, it's still kind of fun. We've gotten her elsewhere, that it was still a very effective character moment. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a long enough issue, so you couldn't really build out other people elsewhere, which is why you needed, I think, a little bit more clarity about like the conflict that these different parties have with each other. I did want more, you know, I, I want more background on all these characters because I love the design, I love the overall pitch, but I didn't need more backstory for Iska, mainly because we've gotten it, but also anyone that can sit in a chair like that means they're the <laughs> shit, you respect them and you do whatever they want. Um, so I was, uh, I was absolutely taken, taken away to dream world. Uh, Ryan. They uh, they purposely did that. They're, they're like, you already like Iska. We've just been teasing her, and we know you like her. I will disagree with you just on one thing, Adam. I want like a whole mini series just about her. Oh yeah, it, it, it would be like she she is so clearly fan favorite already. Her and Pog are like such front runners already. They're they're amazing. I love that. The writers like send in the chair. <laughs> Clark, as opposed to um. Brent, I've been kind of interested in White Sword since they first brought him up. Because remember at the very beginning when we read the, um, what is it, the alpha, basically alpha issue, where we were all confused as shit as to like who was doing what. And we had to reread it like 40 times in order to get there. And suddenly like White Sword just has an entire new group unrelated to everybody else. And he betrayed people, but like still kill other. It was bizarrely confusing. I like the fact that he's still as bizarrely confusing even now. <laughs> And like we just were cut off without finding what that what he wanted from the deal. What was it? Yeah, my favorite. He's like, "That's all I wanted to hear." I was like, "What the fuck is even happening?" Yeah. <laughs> Add it to the bargain pile. He's just, just a everyone's big... making deals. 
strange question mark and that's why I like it. It's just like, who, who are you and what the hell's going on with you? So I like to be teased that way. Regina, I wanna know who's top of mind for you? Who's sticking out on your list? Well, I'm very female centric. I love Red Root. I love Iska and I love the Serpent Slayer. Like she's like giant and gorgeous. <laughs> She's just like, I've got men to kill. And I'm like, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, Kayla. I actually think, um, I'm going to disagree with Clark a little bit. I actually think White Sword is definitely up for the cho chopping block at oh, the 100%. end of this. At, as are uh, War, Death, mm -hmm. and the Summoner. I think they're, they're going to die. Uh, I think that is like the conclusion. And the rest of them are too interesting uh, characters that they're going to somehow stick around and then eventually integrated into the X-Book somehow. Right? 100%. I mean, I agree entirely. Completely yep. agree. I think you named it right. Those are the ones that are easily like just thrown out. Um, so the, we get a lot of like questions from all the characters, but to Regina's point, Bay, also the name Bay, just like, <laughs> hey, Bay. Like it works on a lot of levels, um, but uh <laughs> Like, I want to know more about her. And also yeah. that weird sort of thing that she has behind her head that, like, I think I saw it on Drag Race at some point of, like, mirrors. Evie oddly, Evie yeah. oddly has. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> who, who did it first? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm digging her, and I want to know so much more. What's under that mask? Uh, Bay's armor looks like she would be leading a charge onto... Uh, well, I don't know. Does I was like to Thor world. <laughs> I was like, where are they Thor currently? Asgard. Well, because I was like, because I originally was like Valhalla. And I was like, that's not it. And then I was like, is Asgard even still around? I could never, I could never keep up. But yeah, we're reading Thor, Adam. Yes, Asgard is still around. You know, I flip the pages. I look at the pretty colors, and I say, I love it. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm a huge. I actually really appreciate. Uh, it's like strong representation overall. I feel like on this the set of uh, characters. Um, what about the actual uh, children of Apocalypse? So they've kind of been in play for a while now, but I don't know if any of them are really standing out necessarily besides War's relationship with Solemn. Did I get that right? I'm fine with them all yes. dying. They're not interesting enough to me. I feel like partially it's because we've already had so many wars and deaths and pestilences in our life. That sounds like in real life. So but that true. Actually is very true too. <laughs> um, no, that we're not hooked on another version of them. And I don't care. The other characters in a half a page interested me far more than someone who's already had like seven issues worth of nonsense. Yeah. That's the end of my sentence. If I had this uh, summoner's weird smile one more fucking time, I'm gonna close these books and burn them. He makes yeah. me want to vomit. Fuck summoner! If he doesn't die, I'm pissed because he's been around for way too long. He's so dumb. Regina, I have a question, and I hope it's not too over the top. Do it. But just looking at looking at the art, when I'm looking at summoner, where is his dick? I mean, his tucks. He knows how to tuck. In Okara, they don't have dicks. You didn't know they, that? Also, maybe it's somewhere else. Or there's not or there's not a dick. I don't know. They have dicks, because otherwise, how would Solemn be fucking everybody? Uh, there's, a thought. Ways, there's a lot of ways to have sex without a penis, Kaylin. Yeah, that's he, true. He doesn't have a yeah. dick, and he also has a weird-shaped ass. <laughs> He's like, that, I'm a bony-ass bottom. That is a tuck. That is a tuck, y'all. Wait, yeah, what page is that from Stasis? Uh, this is uh, page uh, 18. So yeah, class turn to page 18 in your, as you're <laughs> yeah. reading in your comments on his ass and dick. Yeah. So maybe he's like oh, a dog oh, no, where guess... it just pops out. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, is that, that is lipstick going on? I could see a little lipstick and a rock yeah. up. I like a... Like a fish. Gross. <laughs> Just to go back to Apocalypse's kids, his horse children or whatever, real quick, I, I think war and death are nonsense. But the fact that two of them are on the outside in one of the councils, I like for a lot of reasons. First of all, it's like famine and pestilence. 
and you know they're like the bitchiest ones. But uh, but I think they're there because shit's gonna go down outside of the arena, outside of the competition. So they're there just to like fucking hold that shit down. And you know, just the the fact that they're not in the competition, I think they're really mad about as well. Kalen, what do you think? No, I thank you for bringing that up because I really love the opening of this book with the like the summoning of all the various emissaries from the different provinces and then like the court. Um, I love that we got to see a little bit of that and um, the the Everforge. I forgot that the Everforge was filled with the Furies, and the Fury is actually like one of my like low key favorite like Marvel villains, like from Captain Britain and Excalibur, because. It's such a weird concept of this like hero killer that is completely unstoppable. So seeing that got me really excited. Seeing, um, you know, uh, I know we'll, we're going to talk about Gia Whitechapel here in a second. Seeing her, <laughs> but, like she's everything I wanted to be and more. Clark, she is you. You are her. Y'all are the same person. I, mean, I, I called it. I called it like three issues ago that that was my realm. Yep. And. One last thing I'll just say, like, I know I mentioned it in the recap, but like having Pestilence and Famine, basically, I think it was Famine who officially said, um, Dry Door is no more. It's not that we've killed the king, we have killed the land and we have replaced it. It, it is a horrific and terrifying thing to say. And like, I, it gave me, like, I got shivers just reading that like one panel. Did anyone find the overall power set of the Araco mutants to be a bit? I feel like everyone is just like invulnerability, can't be hurt, maybe has some strength, but also can't be hurt. Like the the there wasn't really as much interesting power setting besides just being like, yeah, they're kind of like demigods. Let's just call it a day on that. Um, Bay the Blood Moon, uh, their mutant power is the Doom Note. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm the other half are like, what the fuck are you even talking <laughs> yeah. about? Just, just don't open your mail. Just don't yeah. open your mail, guys. And I think we'll be fine, honestly. Um, well, so I, I, obviously I, I, Annihilation, not a huge reveal, but certainly still interesting in the course of the book. Would love to hear a little bit of thoughts of how we, well, you know, it, you know, it's typical season ending uh, TV bullshit, but like, I still liked it. Kalen? Uh, sorry, I just wanted to go back really quickly about the different power sets for the uh, Araco mutants. I think there's a good reason for that. It's because they were like the proto mutants from uh, Okara, and then they stayed behind. And so, um, you know, as like sort of like level one mutants, base one mutants, this is what that's what their power was. It yeah. wasn't until years later that there were you saw an evolution of different kinds of power. So I think that's the reason why. But um, uh, to answer your your current question. Yeah, the reveal was expected, but it was still really cool. Like we knew that, you know, uh, Genesis was going to be Annihilation. It was in the tarot card um, from the free comic book day issue that Saturnine like put down. It's like, it was the, you know, whatever the, like the, the, the face not of like one side was. Not like Storm when we thought it would be when we first saw the tarot card. Yeah, cause we're, we're dumb, we're dumb people. Um, but I think it's great. I mean, it certainly gives a lot more motivation to now the battling sides and the connection between everybody. So I thought it was pretty cool. I'm very excited about that. I do like that it's uh, Apocalypse versus his, his entire family when the reason he's doing all this was because of his family. I know, it's fucked up. Very and biblical. Just so I'm clear, because I, I feel like every week we discuss this and I still don't fully understand it. So do we is annihilation what would make this week different then? i know well like is annihilation because of the mass the actual elder god big bad of amen or is there something else even more behind those scenes no you're looking for a hidden boss is what you're looking for yeah there, like okay game. so so there still is a hidden enemy that did the twilight sword and literally broke krakoa and Araco apart so that, that villain is still hidden. We don't know who did that. It could be one of our people. It could be someone we don't know about yet. Gotcha. So there's still a hidden enemy somewhere. Let's go deep on not only Gia Whitechapel, but also <laughs> sort of the full experience of finally getting to see the Fae and the Fowl, or not Fae and Fowl, Fowl and the world. Fair. Of, mm -hmm. other nope, you got it. <laughs> The Fuhrer. Uh, Regina, do you have a 
favorite world or favorite character from the world of Otherworld? Um, I am mildly obsessed with Mad Jim Jaspers. <clears throat> so to see him again, I was just like, this is where I think a lot of Hickman's strengths come because he goes back to these comics from when we were kids and he really pulls that into the present and he doesn't miss a beat. So if you have any context of Mad Jim Jaspers to see him here in 2020 is like- Totally. Cream deliciousness. <laughs> yeah. That's the crooked market, is that right? Yes. Oh, That's you right. better believe. Yeah, it's crooked as hell. <laughs> so dumb. Who else? Ryan I, okay, I love Hot Hive. Uh, the fact that they look like bees, for fuck's sake, just give us what we want sometimes. We're introducing so many worlds. We don't know who any of these characters are. If you say it's a hive, if you say there's a queen, show us some goddamn bees. And I appreciate that. So, yes, thank you just for giving a little bit of what we wanted every once in a while. And all hail the queen. Brent, what do you think? Just on the looks, did anyone expect the people of Mercator to look like hammerhead sharks at a funeral? I fucking yes. love that. Um, Completely. Completely, my, I predicted that. That was Dead. my favorite. I just love how they were like, just fucking show up and say something, bitch. Like, what are you even doing here? And where is this <laughs> And what is going on? Kayla? Two uh, things that I really love, two little details, was when Saturnine said about uh, Roma and Merlin. It's like, well, obviously you two are already in opposition to each other. So it was a nice little tidbit from like the info dumps that we got in previous issues. And... Uh, fucking Jamie Braddock still has the sinister cape. He has it. Yes. What a great bit of continuity. Like, just uh -huh. keep it. Ah, oh, it's so good. So, so good. I do love that Merlin's world is just a bunch of people in the prison, just like tied up and shit in jail. What a wonderful and place. A, with, to live. with a pig head. With the pig head. Yes, I forgot about the pig head man that was in the, the stocks. Yeah. Uh, there was amazing. one point where they're just like, uh, we've heard from you already, Merlin. Thank you. Now shut up. That's how the it's, whole scene started. I loved it. It's it's very much like um like when the High Sparrow took over King's Landing in Game of Thrones. Like that's what like happened. Like how it became this like like uh, theocracy uh, with like kind of a Spanish Inquisition feel to it. Like and that, that's completely what I got from that image. Um, I really like the panel that had their. I know we were talking about um. Jesus, Roma, Regina, and Faye a lot. I do love the panel of the two kind of upside down world. I thought that was yeah. very cool. Mm -hmm. And a very yeah. strong uh, use of paneling, I guess. Uh, I will say, trying to read it on Comixology, trying to flip it over, it <laughs> page oh, yeah. flipping. Yeah. God damn it, I'm just trying to read what this is. I just uh, read it upside down. There you go. Um, well, you were, <laughs> you you were upside on your down. Head and then continue reading it. Does yeah. anyone else want to go shopping at the Mall of Sevelith? It looks sleek. It looks stylish. I'm like, and that's in Minnesota, you say? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best sharper image in the world. And they're all vampires. Um, that's um, all right, let's go deep on Gia Whitechapel. Clark, I feel like you have both some um, thoughts about the character and then also thoughts about the real life character. <laughs> well, why don't you, you should reveal what the news no, that no, came out no. this week. Bleeding Cool decided to do just like a search on Gia Whitechapel just to find out any information about him about her. But instead, they just found a whole lot of porn because there's a porn star named Gia Whitechapel who is really into being urinated on, which is just an extra bonus for the things I love. Sure. Yeah, you know what? I'm into it so much. Yeah, Even we're not going to king shame here. King shame it. Anyways, yes. Yeah, so that was exciting. And that was the news. <laughs> great, great news update. <laughs> what I to say? Did anyone look at the videos? I did not. <laughs> nope. That's I'm not going to keep saying, but I'm not going to watch. <laughs> right. All right. So I'm going to put one on right now, and we'll no, all listen to it. No. Nope. Nope. Fast forward, uh, everyone. Regina, do you have any specific thoughts on the kind of updated tarot cards that all the heroes received when they got to Avalon? I quite loved them. Um, if I could just speak about. Gia's group for just a second. Yes. Can I just Jeez. say I love her dog? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like uh, I, oh. I have big giant dogs, so and this dog is like a bull. <laughs> He's like <laughs> what kind of dogs? 
Makitas. Oh, nice. Oh, Very nice. Yeah. yeah. I have two, and they're both goofballs. <laughs> I love big dogs. That one looks a bit like a Doberman, but more sinister. But like also, a- can we talk about the bear man? The <laughs> fucking creepy ass bear man behind her. See, that bear man's just straight chilling, though. We're uh, class, we're currently on page nine of Stasis. Yeah, that's something special. <laughs> they all have so much swag. Everyone's got like <laughs> one hand on hip, but like in a more like power, power way. And then, yeah, yeah. that dog, I, that is the angriest dog I think I've ever seen. For real. Hey, y'all, <laughs> Halloween costume next year. There's five of them. Let's do it. No, this is absolutely like what gays wear to brunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or brunch, Halloween or brunch. Yeah. I think there is a group that does that. Like, yeah. for real. It's like a club. You have to join it. Yeah. And for brunch every Sunday, you go out and you're duds, and it's great. Right. <laughs> but um, about the cards, I, I love the cards. I love Magic's reaction to her card because that's classic Magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, and Cable's reaction to his just had me dying. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, Storm's reaction to her card was not unexpected, but I really liked the information page when Tara was talking about death is not what you think it is. Yeah. Um, and I love that for Storm. And, you know, like I'm a plant person. I love plants, all kinds of plants. It's like my most recent obsession. But <laughs> something that, you know, sometimes that you do, like if you're a farmer is, Sometimes you have to raise your field. You have to set fire to it and let it lie fallow until the ground comes back. And so I really love that symmetry because we think of Storm as kind of this earth mother figure. Um, And even though she gets this card, it's like a beautiful symmetry. Mm. Stop being smart on this podcast. That does not happen. (laughs) (laughs) Phelan. Um, So, uh, I'm glad you brought up Storm because I think some of us have uh, theorized that she's going to come out of this changed and, you know, she'll either die in her matchup and then come back, you know, very different. And then we'll turn into like a pivotal, more of a pivotal, like antagonistic figure next year. And this card could maybe mean that. Um, But the other thing I really want to ask you is like, are you a fan of magic? I am actually not a fan of magic, but it's not because I don't think that she doesn't have value. It's because I think that she has too much value. She does. And I think that <laughs> as far as like the captaincy, I'm really pissed off that that Moonstar is not a captain. Oh, it's nothing against her as a character, but I am ride or die da- Danny Moonstar. And I just well, feel like she keeps getting the short end of the stick mm-hmm. and it makes me mad. Totally. <laughs> and, and you know what? Maybe she will after Gorgon dies a very bloody, <laughs> terrible death. I will, I, I'm, I'm voting for Danny in the next right. election. Moonstar is going to be showing up in January in the new um, Valkyrie miniseries as one of the yeah. Valkyries that are remaining. So she's going to be important for at least five issues in something. If not, you'll yeah. exist and be important to Ray. I love it. So her. my theory, my theory on magic is Hickman loves his sassy blonde like vixens. He loves Emma. He loves Saturnine. He Name loves magic, one. and that's oh, okay. Damn it, <laughs> magic. <laughs> but we talked about this when Dylan was on because I know Dylan's not a big fan of magic either. I don't find magic to be a vixen. I guess like yeah, her torso's showing, but like. She's kind of just like a power bitch. She's like, get the fuck out of my way. Like, move or you will be moved is basically like her MO, which I, I think I really enjoy. But I do think they're overusing that bodyguard-esque like, kind of power and presence. She's lost a little. I actually proposed it the Dead Souls miniseries. I found yes. her, that was like one of the bright spots where like, I didn't really, I don't know magic that well. And I've been learning obviously a lot about her as we've been reading on this podcast. Um, and I really enjoyed that part of it. And I feel like she's lost a little bit of her soul. Ha ha ha. But she's, no, I just, no. I know, they've like, they've sterile. She's very sterile in this kind of run, which I, which I can certainly appreciate why people don't really connect the passion to it. And I a hundred percent agree with you that based on what I've seen a Moonstar more recently, I'd rather see her in kind of place to be a bit more exciting, I guess, with like kind of team and action. Uh, Ryan. Uh, so the, one of the characters that just shows up 
the most. The characters come and go, but the central figure through this entire crossover is Saturnine. So she is going to play a giant pivotal role at some point. What do you guys think it could potentially be? Because like she's she may be on their side at the end of the day. She may not be. I, I she seems to kind of like them except for Betsy because she fucking hates Betsy. But <laughs> everyone else like she seems sort of neutral and kind of okay. I don't know. What just your thoughts on that, Brent? Uh, yeah. So I was gonna ask something similar, but I think it ties into my basic question. Like seeing something like Gorgon getting a hidden card. And wondering, like, is this story just going to start filling in parts where you go, eh, they don't really know how it's really supposed to end effectively. Like Saturnine, for me, I don't know this character outside of this story. And the only thing that I've really gotten established from her character is that she makes up the rules that she wants, which then kind of feels cheap that, like, is this a game couldn't she just do this anyway if she really wanted? What's the real point of any of it? So I, I, for me, I feel like I'm getting more concerned that there's no, there's no direction for like her motivation to go. And they're just going to plug her wherever they need. Kaylin? I actually think um, I've been reading Saturday Night for a long time, ever since um, Chris Claremont and Alan Davis' Excalibur. And the characterization in here, uh, in, even in Teeny Howard's Excalibur, fits very much with uh, a preceding, um, you know, interpretations of her. So like, I'm not su super worried about that. I do think as we discussed with Brett last week from um, comic book queers, and even when we did the um, creation number one issue that I think at the end of this, Saturnine gets deposed as the Majestrix of Otherworld. And I think M AKA Monet is going to become the uh, like, end up taking her place. And so you're gonna have like uh, a queen without a kingdom kind of a storyline for her and I think her story is going to continue in Excalibur and I think she's going to become if not a recurring character then a main character for Excalibur after this crossover is done. So changing gears we're at our halfway point we're going to get into our Mortal Kombat, Sortal Kombat all 12 issues are probably just going to be fighting with a bunch of swords and Brent providing sound effects. Uh, Regina what matchups are you most looking forward to or, or ones you think might happen? Well, I was looking at the splash page where um, the X-Men are on the opposing side of the um, attackers, per se. I don't know. I'm really, I really want to know who Cypher is going to be going up against. Because to me, I think Red Root would be yeah. the most obvious choice. Yeah. So are they going to go with the most obvious choice? And will they actually fight? Because even though she is on the side that we are not supposed to like, I really like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you and Juggernaut and Black Tom could just go off and make like little weird mutant babies. <laughs> 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 so we would have like our third throuple of the <laughs> oh my God. I love I think, that. I, I think Cypher was going to go up against either her or Bay, the, the Blood mm. Moon, just I don't know. I feel, well, with Bay, it's definitely going to be someone who actually is functional with, you know, a sword and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of hulky and big, which is the, in that, in that picture of, um, you know, his, his card, there was definitely a very large female character that he was possibly right. hooking up with. Right. Brent. Yeah. I, my, I worry that there's going to be too much of a perfect mapping like Cypher to red, uh, yeah. or, and Wolverine to um, what's his name? Solemn. Solemn. Um, well, and the way that, the way that this panel looks makes it seem like Pog is going to go up against Apocalypse, which would make sense because they've got like similar blades and are super strong. I think it's fine to have a few of those matchups, but I think that where it becomes really interesting is where you have um, you know kind of orthogonal or like characters that that the outcome isn't very clear, uh, that it's not just a strength test in the actual style of fighting. So I hope that they don't have too much alignment along like those very identified character, character traits. Brian? Uh, Marvel likes to do these matchups. So during Avengers versus X-Men and mm -hmm. X-Men versus Inhumans, they love to like 
play up these matchups of these two characters finally coming together. It's Gambit versus Captain America. Stuff like that. They really like to play it up. The action itself is pretty boring. So I want to see them do this in the right way where it's maybe more than just a sword fight. Maybe there's some a other card game or chess of some sort. Or or because we, we've Crazy. seen so many we've seen so many pogs maybe maybe pog will just play pogs for the win who knows (laughs) but with that said i want to see them do something more i feel like they're all going to get transported into these different lands that we have all these delegates for and then they have to like do a task basically like the amazing race i was like yeah are you describing (laughs) i'm describing the amazing race yes no it's scott pilgrim versus the evil exes that's what's going to happen in each of these Adam, you Adam, you saw that anime where it was just kids at a um, elementary school or high school playing playing card games the entire time. Did you see? Oh that my before? god, yeah, Kagegurui yeah. is one of the best, most ridiculous animes on the planet. And so I was actually going to make the comment just yeah. in general that I'm like, if X Men was a manga, what's so funny to me is that this would take like 400 issues to get done. <laughs> Because that was like, as I got done with Stasis, I was like, I love these characters. I almost wanted stat sheets because I need their background so desperately. And usually, I think in American comic storytelling, when the action comes, they don't take breaks to fill in the content. Whereas like in manga, you could have one battle last for 40 issues because they're constantly flashing back and forth between what's happening. So I would love that. I know we only have 11 issues left. But I'm like, please give me those weird flashbacks while swords are clanging. Oh, like, this reminds me of my time as a child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the other thing what I was going to say was that they, they mentioned in this I- issue that it's not going to be all sword fighting. Like, they were in some case, some of the cases, they were just keys in order to get to this point. Right. So it's yeah. not going to be all sword fighting. Thank God. I can't. I couldn't deal with eleven issues of. Like you know, so, so they're all stuck in the white citadel or whatever it's called. Um, so it's like Big Brother instead. So they're yeah, all stuck yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then they vote someone out each week and blah blah blah. Yeah, hold on to a rock for sixteen hours, and if you drop it, you're out. Like mm-hmm. HOH challenges. We just finished. Me and my boyfriend just finished the big uh, All Star season last night, and I am ready for X Men All Stars or uh, <laughs> that too. Hey, Len. Um, I, I think it's just so funny that like when this crossover was first announced, we definitely made fun of it. And then when it got increased to 22 chapters after 12 chapters, we were like, there's just no fucking way. And now we're all like, we want more. We want more. We can't get enough. We can't believe we're already. Yeah, 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 there. yeah. Tell me about Red Root's mother. Like, where is she? Like, I want to know everything now. It's like I want to know all of it. Like her, like the what she talks about Ooh, with Rocco. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, all um, right, so you can only save one person from either side. Who is it? <laughs> from either side? Either yeah. side. I, uh... So I, for instance, I would like to save Iska and Storm. They're the ones that will oh. definitely survive the end of the journey. Each is the word you're looking for. Whatever, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I gotta remember who's in it. Regina, who would you save from each side? <laughs> Well, I love Storm and she's so concerned about this whole thing. <laughs> I'd like to save her just so that, you know, I could comfort her. <laughs> um, and I got to go with Red Root because she just looks amazing. And just her, her, what we have seen of her moral compass is really compelling. And I want to know more about that. Very cool. Very cool design and very cool uh, brain space. Brent. I'm going to pick uh, Red Root and uh, because she's, you know, just wonderful, but also magic specifically so that they have to kill off Wolverine for reals. <laughs> they never will. They never no, will. Brent, we'll just get four more miniseries of the return of Wolverine. So yeah. be careful what you wish for. Wolverines. Uh, I, I guess uh, I, because so many people are going to say Iska, she's my number one, but if I have to do a number two, and we will have both of them. I feel like it's going to be Pog. Give me Pog every day. Um, and then give me Captain Avalon because he's such an underdog right now because you're like, he's probably not going to survive. You're not even a mutant. Like, I, no one has faith in him. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that, like, comeuppance that we're going to see at some point, I think, and hope. 
Caitlin, who do you think? Uh, I would like Cypher on the Krakoa side. Um, and I would like Solemn on the Arako side. Why mm. Solemn? Boring. Why Solemn? Solemn, I think, was such a compelling character. I was expecting not to like him when I read the interview uh, with Benjamin Percy about like this new like big bad that he's creating for Wolverine, and I was like, oh great, another you know amoral type. He's like he seems very much like um, oh god, uh, Dokken. Uh, but when we got his backstory in both Wolverine and X-Force uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, I'm into this. Like, I like, I like the, like the, the way that they showed him as being kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A hedonist. Um, and like, that's such an interesting motivation to me for uh, a character, whether they're a villain or a hero. Brent? I just want to quickly go back to what Ryan was saying about Captain Avalon being a, basically a useless thumb. Um, <laughs> He to he's me, hot, though. he is like a jock who like he's like Flash Gordon. Like he's just brought into space, and he's like a football player, and he's somehow like still sticking around, and no one's chopped off his head yet. And I can't wait for that to actually happen. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's going to. I mean, I based on so. his, based on his card, it's very different. Also, Saturnite would freak the fuck out, which might actually yes. be the case. That and, might be why she. Oh, that could, good that point. could be the. That could be what happens to her character in terms of yeah. the turning point. Um, my are, and it's basically the same thing. Um, Cipher and Redroot. I just want them to get back together with their trees. <laughs> I want to see tears of joy coming from I, the tree. I want to see them all in like it's Redroot, it's Cipher, it's Krakoa, it's Arako in uh, a quadruple. A quadruple? Like what? What is that? Well, whatever what they're doing, there, we the sex tuple. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Warlock too. Yeah. And then the party really gets started when Gia Whitechapel shows up. Yeah. <laughs> She's the instigator of the whole thing. And when her it rains, it pours, She just brings you know? a bottle of tequila and her blunderbuss. Um, all right, now is our time to, as we, any, wait, does anyone have any big topics to discuss before we wrap up? Anything we haven't covered with Stasis? All right, then starting with Regina, I would love to know what your shining sword moment of the week is. I wish we had a better name for that. <laughs> like Sharpest. Shining the sword? No, I'm just, I'll try to behave. Um, actually, I, one of my favorite moments specifically in this book is when Saturnine just kind of says, you know, Apocalypse, it's just a card. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> Get so cool. Get because he's yeah. clearly so upset and she just kind of like, whatever, dude. Don't yeah. be <laughs> Very, very putting him in his place. I, I thought that was a great ending to the, the issue for sure. Uh, Brent. Yeah, so we missed out on the opportunity to have Glob Herman be the bucket of chum. (laughs) Oh, yes. But I I am glad to see that uh, in Araco, they decided to just pile up a bunch of bodies in a circle when it's very clear that they could just walk. (laughs) Nope. Nope, we got to do the circle thing. Ryan. Uh. So I love just like these littlest details that I think way too much about. Um, so on the infographic of all the different swords for Araco, we have Redroot sword <clears throat> and it tells you a bunch of things, but it also tells you what Redroot's power is. Um, we know she controls uh, plants probably, probably can do a sort of a uh, poison ivy sort of thing. Uh, but the mutant power is called bottomancy which sounds to me and as a queer person as a skill to definitely have bottomancy yeah Yeah. if anyone could master bottomancy or if you're having to be like if you're an omega level bottomancy i I I bet you white capital could do it oh my god (laughs) yeah so red root uh, is amazing Kaylan. I think my favorite is uh, Apocalypse's ooh moment when he sees <laughs> when he see when he sees Annihilation and and she reveals herself to be Genesis because I have never seen Apocalypse have that dopey ass look 
because he always he's very like stoic and he's always in control of everything and he's like survival of the fittest and you will do my bidding and he's like Ooh. it's just great i love it it's a very funny humana 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 double take <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, he's never looked skinnier. He just looks like a little kid in like a big costume. Yeah, in that one he does, like wearing his dad's suit. Yeah. yeah. It's Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> oh looks my like God. Um, on Masters of Disguise when he goes, turtle, turtle. turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, mine, We're doing that guess, side by side. You can guess <laughs> who it's based on, but my mind's uh, Gia Whitechapel. When she just, matter of fact, was like, I'm just going to take my people in and we're just going to check out what the fuck's going on in Mercator. And everyone's like, um, wait, are you like, <laughs> Merlin's like, are you just declaring war, basically? And she's like, I'm, you know, I'm just fucking I'm just going to go over there. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can't stop me. I'm just doing it. Can I guess yours? Uh, mine, uh, lots of really interesting stuff this issue. I, uh, we didn't really get to talk about them. I was a huge fan of the prophecies of the sword bearers of Morocco, particularly Pog or Pogs. I've never heard such words put to paper to really inspire me. So I would highly recommend you all take a look. And Are you not going to try it? What? I was, Are you not going to try it? I was going to try to guess what Adam's was. <laughs> oh, what did you think it was? Just Iska sitting back like a boss. Oh yeah, That's I mean, obviously that was definitely it. I always try to find another one. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, look at her, like yeah. incredible, <laughs> such a diva. Um, yeah. I think I've exhausted the amount of times I could say pog or pog on this podcast, so I'll save everybody the time and energy, Regina. Do you think maybe they were going to call him Peg Your Peg, but they weren't allowed? <laughs> I love, I love so and much. And this I is the it. content our listeners want. Thank you, Regina. <laughs> um, awesome. So next week, we will be going over uh, X-Men number 14 and Marauders number 14. So we have two comics. And we'll also be having special guests as we continue our crossover of crossovers with Chris from X-Reads Podcast. But he doesn't fucking matter this week. Who matters is Regina. Regina, thank you so much for being on. Absolutely incredible. Can you please let us know where we can find you and find House of X? Sure. You can find me on Facebook at the House of X Facebook group. If you decide to join, make sure you answer the questions, please. You can also <laughs> find us on <laughs> um, Instagram at House of X underscore podcast and on Twitter at House underscore of underscore X. <laughs> you can also find me on Facebook at the House of Goblin Queen and on Twitter at the Red Queen of X. Nice. You heard the Red Queen of X herself, Regina Givens. Thank you so much for being on. Brent, let our listeners know where they can find us. Sure. You can find us on Instagram at uh, Gina Whitecastle. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> just Google it. You know, you try and come up with on stuff on the top of your head. All right, so check out our Halloween issue coming out this Saturday. Plus, you can check out the Krakoan morning talk show, Vicky and Kiana, Talking Swords, which comes out usually every Tuesday. Uh, you can find yeah. it on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast, Twitter at Homo Superior X. Thank you very much for listening. All right, awesome. Thanks so much, Regina. Everybody have a wonderful evening. Bye. 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 Bye.